Welcome to Next Steps, the midweek podcast from Blackhawk Church. Over the course of the 10 weeks that we are in our Rooted series, we're going to be responding to your questions about the message from Sunday or other questions related to the topic that was covered. If you didn't get a chance to check out this past weekend's message from Matt, you can find that on this same podcast channel or watch online at blackhawkchurch.org. Uh, my name is Chris, and I am here with Ben and Lynn as we wrap up uh, 10 weeks of these question and response episodes in our Rooted series. Ben and Lynn, how are you guys doing today? It's a good day. It's a good day. I'm doing well. It feels like a perfect September day. Yes, loving this fall-ish weather. Kids right. are in school. Yes, um, they are. We've, we've got a, a church brimming with uh, yeah excitement and, and life and energy, so we're excited for what's ahead. Mm. Also excited for what's ahead over the next several minutes. We're going to be uh, pressing into some questions as a follow-up from Matt's message on Jesus' return. Um, thanks so much, you guys, throughout the last couple months for sending in these questions. I don't know how many total questions we, we had throughout this series. It was definitely in the hundreds. Um, and we tried to respond to as many of those as possible. We didn't get to them all, but I'm grateful for you guys pressing in and engaging in this way. So one last time, we got a handful of questions that we'll dig into together. So let me start us off. Here's the first one. Uh, the first question is this. I grew up hearing a lot about how we'd be raptured from earth to be in heaven with God. But throughout this series, we've been talking about how Jesus will return to earth and we'll spend an eternity with him here. So how do these two ideas work together? Who wants to, to take a stab at that one? Ooh, I'll, uh, I will geek out for a few minutes All here. Right. This is good. Uh, <laughs> yes, so, uh, so there are, broadly speaking, uh, three fairly common uh, views of how the world will uh, end uh, or be made new, be renewed uh, in uh, in Christian circles. There are a couple other smaller ones, but I'm going to focus on three of them. And they all agree on the fact that our eternal future is a physical embodied future with Jesus. Jesus in the what's called the new heavens and the new earth. So even this view that um, that uh, that talks about what's known as a pre-tribulational, pre-millennial rapture, which there you go, that's a mouthful. Uh, even that view, which you might have grown up uh, hearing about, um, believes in this future of an embodied life with Jesus forever in the new heavens and new earth. Um, but zeroing in on this one view that uh, has that is somewhat well-known for uh, books and uh, sometimes even popular culture things because it's just really fantastic to... Uh, uh, fantastical to think about, um, or almost like a, it's almost like thinking about science fiction, the idea of thinking about this time when uh, this group of people will suddenly disappear from the planet and other people will be left. So this is the view of what's known as the pre-tribulational rapture, um, which is associated with a theological movement
movement called dispensationalism. You don't need to know any of that. <laughs> this uh, it's it's a view that is a that's been around for about 150 years, uh, and I would have to be fact checked uh, to confirm the exact dates on that. Mm, that so, sounds good. We don't do fact checking. No fact checking <laughs> on the Black Hawk podcast, so that's okay. But uh, those so take that as rough numbers. But about 150 years, um, and it. It's a view that comes out of reading one of the verses uh, that Matt read in the sermon a very particular way. So this comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and Matt read a number of verses as a part of the sermon, but verse uh, 17 specifically talking about when Jesus returns, it says, we who are still alive at that time and are left will be caught up together with those who have risen from the dead in Christ and will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. So 150 years ago or so, this verse was interpreted to mean something side by side with a reading of the book of Revelation um, that uh, people who believe in Jesus will disappear from planet Earth for seven years uh, when Jesus first returns. So it's like the return of Jesus will come in multiple stages or dispensations, which is where this term dispensationalism comes from. So uh, it's a fairly recent view, but it has gained in popularity just because it's something that like, it's really interesting to think about. Um, and in general, general, uh, I'll speak from my personal theological convictions, uh, that, is not, that is not the plain reading of 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Um, this, this term, the idea of being caught up together uh, in the clouds um, is a picture. The, the word is the same word that would be used in New Testament Greek, for example, for a welcoming party that would go outside the village if there were a royal visit coming to the village. And mm -hmm. so um, the picture of 1 Thessalonians 4.17 uh, is probably the idea of, and this too could make for good science fiction, believers like being caught up into the clouds as Jesus descends to return to earth and we immediately then descend with him as he sets up his earthly kingdom. So strange, uh, but there you go. So, um, so, but if, if you're someone who is, uh, still theologically convinced that the rapture is a thing where we will, uh, where those of us who follow Jesus will not be on earth for seven years, and then we will return with him, uh, in when the kingdom comes in its fullness, like there are plenty of people around Blackhawk who believe that that is a totally acceptable and, uh, reasonable view to take, along with those um, who uh, interpret the idea of the millennium from Revelation 20 and 21 a little bit differently. So um, that is a, yeah, there you go. Bas basic uh, entry-level uh, discussion on the rapture and First Thessalonians 4.17 slash Revelation. Yeah, that's super 
helpful, Ben. Um, yeah, as you're talking, uh, many people will associate uh, that first view that you were talking about with like the left behind books or movies. Totally. Uh, Nick Kurt Cage Cameron. recently uh, <laughs> starred in one of them. He's my least favorite actor of all time, so oh, I still haven't seen that come one. On. But but yeah, uh, fan- fantastical. I think that's the word that you you used when you got Nick Cage uh, representing an end times theory. That's pretty interesting, but. Um, so that was, that was really clear. That was super helpful. Uh, observant people when reading, uh, our, our denomination statement of faith will actually notice that it doesn't mention a specific theory. Um, so why is that you guys? Is it like important that we all land on and agree on the same one or is there room for differing ideas? What do you guys think about that? Yeah, that's a great, great question, Chris. I think that that's the beauty of it, actually, that this is the type of issue where we don't all have to have the exact same view on this topic when it comes to what will actually play out when Christ returns. I think as Ben was kind of expressing just a moment ago, the point is that we will one day be with Jesus. That Mm -hmm. is the point. And all of these views actually land on that in some way. And so we commonly like to say that we like to major in the majors and sort of minor in the minors. And this would be an issue that really isn't central to the gospel. There actually is room to have different views. And so we love that being a part of a church like Blackhawk where there are lots of different views in the room. Um, and so I think that this is an area where, where that really is true. Yeah, that's good. Ben, anything to to add to that? Yeah, lots of different views, including no view. You don't have to have a conclusion. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Uh, Well, turning a corner a little bit, um, here's the next question for us. Uh, Jesus, Paul, and other New Testament authors seem to think that Jesus was going to return really soon. Um, And for Paul and some of those authors, maybe even within their lifetimes, seemed to be kind of what they were expecting. So uh, how do we reconcile that 2,000 years later, he still hasn't returned? Any, Any thoughts about that, you guys? Yeah, you know, there's a few things that come into my mind uh, when you pose that question. I think, first of all, it's so important to realize that our perception of time is completely different than the Lord's, right? I think somewhere in Hebrews it says a day is like a thousand, you know, a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day with the Lord. We have a different perception of time. And so when it comes to our perception of what really soon means with Jesus coming back, it's really difficult <laughs> to not place our own perception into that, but it's something we really need to do as believers to be able to step outside of our own concept of time here and to consider what the scripture says and what we've been given, what is the information that's kind of been provided to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I totally see how you could look you know, in the Bible and see, wow, the apostles, they were living like Jesus was right around the corner about to come back. They thought they'd see it in their lifetime, which, of course, we know they, they didn't experience that. Jesus didn't come back during their lifetime. But I think that for me personally, it really serves to motivate me and encourage me that the apostles worked hard, right? They were giving themselves fully to the work of the Lord. They lived in light of the fact that they know Jesus is coming back. And I think that's really how we are to live as well, that it's not about knowing the date or the time. And of course, we can't know the date or the Mm -hmm. time, but it's about living in light of the fact that we have confidence that he is returning. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that verse that you mentioned, Lynn, is Second uh, Peter 3, 8, with uh, the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. And that comes from uh, a passage that Matt referred to in, in the message um, uh, as it continues about um, how the Lord it continues, is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So the the biggest biblical reason we have here for the delay in Jesus' return is because uh, God the Father uh, wants us to proclaim the good news uh, to the world. And that's that's a, a point of uh, encouragement for us. Uh, a friend of mine once used the phrase um, urgent peace and to describe uh, the posture that we can have as followers uh, of Jesus in terms of how we uh, relate to the world with that, that word expectancy that Matt read from the Statement of Faith. Yeah, I love that verse. Second Peter 3, what was the verse reference? Yeah, Second Peter 3, verses 8 and following. It keeps going there. Um, yeah. and those are also, especially you get into verse 10, and those are some other fun places where theologians like to dig in, <laughs> in those conversations where we do minor on the minors, because those can, those can be fun sometimes uh, to, to dig in and, and see what the Lord would have to teach us from those scriptures as well. Yeah. No, I love that idea, though, that he's patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish. That's a good verse to keep in mind as we're thinking about these things, maybe even to just to memorize. I think it comes in handy a lot. I don't know about you guys. In our family, uh, my wife and I will often watch um, a movie, and maybe it's a historical um, account of of something. And it's really easy to see all of the injustice in the world and the things that are wrong. And we finish a movie like that and we just lay in bed and we're like, Jesus, we just want you to come back and fix this. And yeah. like, we want to be with you. And of course we, we long for that. Um, but then I think of that verse and I'm like, thank God he is patient, not wanting anyone to, to perish. I myself did not come to follow Jesus until a little bit later in life. And so, man, thank God he was patient and gracious with, with me. Um, I know we all want to see the kingdom come once and for all, and we all long for that. But then I think of his patience and his graciousness in my own life and um, want to see him continue to be patient for the sake of my family members and friends that don't yet know him Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And it's kind of a balancing there that that happens as we await his return. Yeah, it's sort of this tension. I've, I've heard it put, we're living between the already and the not yet that we have this confident expectancy of what's coming, yet we are living in the tension of a broken world and with broken people. And there, as Matt described in his message, there's so much suffering, there's so much darkness that we can see and it's overwhelming. But we know that one day there is a day where we'll get to be with Jesus and all of those things will cease to exist. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Well, we've now wrapped up our Rooted series that took place over the last 10 weeks. So what's something you feel like God has been teaching or highlighting for you over the course of of these last couple months? Um, Or any encouragement for people listening as we we head into the fall? Um, Yeah, what do you feel like the Lord's been teaching you or or anything you want to say as we wrap up this series? You know, this series has been packed with so much good content, like so many things I know I'm learning and I'm sure everyone else watching and listening with me is also learning. 
uh, I would say that this series of Rooted matched with um, really my own personal study and time with God, there's been a particular verse that I've just been hanging on to. And it, it hasn't come through one of the messages, but it's been just an overarching theme in my life in this season. And it comes from uh, Psalm 90, verse 12, which says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I think for me, it is just a great reminder as we go through this series that there, there are truths that, that we and, and that I am rooted in as a follower of Jesus, and that though there are so many unexpected things that can come our way, and there are things I'm waiting on in my life personally, difficult things, relationships that are hurting, there are places that I see struggle, I am so encouraged by a series like this to just be confronted with the truths that are unchanging of who God is. Mm-hmm. And so I think with this verse um, that I shared of, of Psalm 90, it's really that I want to live in light of what is true. And I think Mm. that's what it is. I think that Mm. it's really easy to just get into these routines of, you know, life life can be convenient. I can find convenience where I need it. I can totally check out. I can watch Netflix, just spend time with AJ at home and and not be living on mission. But I think Mm. that a series like this has really reminded me that, man, these truths, like I believe Jesus is coming back and I'm going to Mm -hmm. be with him face to face one day and I can't wait. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. I want wisdom in how I'm living now. Mm -hmm. So I'm pumped for the next series that we're Mm -hmm. jumping into with the book of Mm -hmm. Acts and just looking at what it means to actually live on mission. But it does feel for me like just the truths of this series of who God is. I need that, and I mm. can never outgrow needing those reminders. Mm. So I hope and expect to return to this series, honestly, throughout my life to yeah. be reminded. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, one one encouragement that comes to mind for me, and this is, I'm just going to maybe like peel back the curtain Wizard of Oz style uh, to like kind of how how things get built uh, on our staff team here at Blackhawk. Um, when we gathered in a room to talk about the title for this series of Calling It Rooted, uh, there was like, that that ended up being the best title, but there were some misgivings about that because what we, what we didn't want to give off is the idea that you absolutely have to agree with this statement to be the kind of person who belongs mm-hmm. at Blackhawk Church. And so, uh, and so my encouragement, because I know our, our podcast uh, family is different from our Sunday family, so uh, my encouragement to the podcast family is to be uh, reminded uh, that uh, we're at Blackhawk. Our our, our mission um, is not to gather people who agree with these ten statements. Um, mm. It's uh, it's to invite people to consider uh, the good news of Jesus as it is proclaimed to us through the scriptures. And so um, so uh, it's, uh, it is uh, encouraging for us individually in our walk with Jesus uh, to, to be uh, to be rooted in in these statements but also just a reminder that's not <laughs> like we're always uh, we're always inviting uh, new people to the story yeah I've really appreciated uh, this series for a lot of the reasons that you guys just mentioned I think mm. um, 
for me, yeah, there's so many just things that we disagree about these days. I'm not, not, not saying those of us in this room or even those of us in this church, but just kind of thinking of the American church and Christianity um, in our country. So to come back to the things that, um, that the many of us, at least in our denomination do agree on that we can hold together. Or even for me personally, I still have a lot of questions about the Bible and how to interpret different things, Mm -hmm. but it's good to be grounded in the things that I can constantly come back to and be reminded of who Jesus is and what the gospel is. Um, and some of the things that are core to my faith. Um, but I also loved what you said, Ben, like you don't need to believe these things to belong. And in fact, following Christ isn't just like a mental agreement with these 10 things that we've just talked through. That's, that's part of it. But following Christ is also living these things out, making them a part of our everyday lives, being on mission with him. And so, yeah, like what Lynn said, I love that we're now going into this next series in the book of Acts, having grounded ourselves in these things, we're going to kind of take it out to the ends of the earth. We're going to take it Mm -hmm. to the world and and be on mission together um, and and be able to live out this gospel that we've been talking about for the last 10 weeks. So praise God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to kind of wrap it up there for this week, a little bit shorter podcast, but we'll, we'll keep this one short and sweet as it's the, the last one of the series. Um, so hopefully we'll see you guys on Sunday for in-person worship or online. And yeah, we'll be jumping in this coming Sunday into the book of Acts. Charles is going to kick us off. It's a great message. You guys aren't going to want to miss that. Um, and then we hope you'll track along throughout this semester. It'll take us all the way through Christmas. So grab a journal if you're here in person or or check that out on the website. Get into the reading plan that's on YouVersion. Um, Excited to see what God has in store for our church over these next months. All right. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.